110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody. The Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Uh, tonight is uh, Wednesday, February 2nd, Roundhog Day. <laughs> uh, as we uh are getting a snowstorm. So screw you groundhog, uh, and, uh, your devilish deeds that you do the <laughs> witchcraft that, uh, Bill Murray was correct for driving you off that cliff. Uh, <laughs> as long as we don't uh, got to repeat the day over and over and over, of course, I think we got actually the best news of the year today. So I might yeah. want to, I might want to relive this day again. Because we yeah. found out today that Jim Harbaugh did not get offered the Minnesota Vikings job, <laughs> and Jim Harbaugh so, will come back to Michigan. Yeah, so that's what we're going to start with tonight, and then we're going to get into uh, the press conferences from this week. Uh, we heard at least the coach part of it. I know they talked to a lot of the uh, the incoming players today and stuff like that. I, I haven't gotten an opportunity to listen to any of those yet, so. We're just going to deal with the coaches from the, from Monday's press conferences. I mean, tons of great stuff out of those. I mean, you, I am so impressed with all four of them that, you know, and I know it's very easy to win a press conference. You know, that's always been the joke. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you know that how many head coaches of the Cleveland Browns have won press conferences. So like, (laughs) so it's easy to win press conferences, but I was very impressed uh, from what I heard the other day. And, uh, and then we'll finish up today was, uh, the second final signing day for, uh, the 2022 class. Uh, we're supposed to get two commitments today. We got both signed. Uh, uh, we had a possible third that was kind of a long shot out there and, uh, he ended up going to Georgia. So for, with Christian Miller, so kind of, at least we got what we expected. We got both of those guys. So we'll talk about them, um, here in a little bit, but, uh, the soap opera, the drama, Jim world, Jim Harbaugh's world keeps turning and turning and turning. So exactly bait, pretty much almost exactly 24 hours to, uh, to the moment that we found out. I mean, it was pretty much last night or a similar time frame from last night. I mean, maybe a little earlier that we find out that Jim Harbaugh is pretty much gone. He is leaving Michigan. Uh, all signs are saying that he is signing with the Minnesota Vikings as the new head coach. Um, it's just a formality, all this stuff, this interview today, he's taking this interview, but it's a done deal. And all the stuff that's leading up to it makes you think, well, it is a done deal. Why would the dude take a interview on signing day? I mean, that's got to send, uh, some sort of messages to the program that I'm done. Who tells your assistant coaches who've been on the road for the last how many weeks, you know, recruiting. And this is pretty much the first week back for all coaches into their perspective programs that, uh, after being on the road that, Hey, just take the week off. And, uh, I don't know what's happening with me. So you guys, uh, do you guys get the week off, do what's best for you. Ohio state's having meetings with their new coaching staff and getting prepared and stuff like that. And on top of that, Mike, Mike, or is it Mike McDonald? Whatever. Yeah. 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 He leaves. I mean, which I figured he was going back to Baltimore after they fired their defense coordinator, but it was kind of like, well, he did his one year 
back to uh, John Senum for one year. You got to help my brother at least beat Ohio State one. So, and then he can ride off in the sunset. Like literally every sign was pointing to Jim Harbaugh leaving. That's why I do not think that this was a fluke tonight that I really think that he thought he was leaving because I mean, the biggest thing was like, who gives your coaches the week off? And like, right. yep. <laughs> like that was like the sign to me. This, and I see people on um, like Twitter and other places that are like saying that, you know, Michigan just came in at the 13th hour, had the better offer or 11th hour. And I, I don't think that was the case at all. I don't, I'm not even sure there was a different offer. I don't think Jim was offered anything. Yeah. And I don't I, think Minnesota gave him an offer. I literally, I, now that they, we know that they got a coach, you know, they've offered now a head coach. I think in the coming days, I think right now we're getting spin from Michigan's side that, you know, Jim Harbaugh and from Harbaugh's side too, just trying to save face is that, uh, you know, Michigan wanted him back. He wanted to go back to Michigan. He was really torn, you know, loves the NFL, obviously, but you know, his alma mater came, you know, screaming in and, you know, saved the day. And that's where he really wanted to be. You know, I really think we're going to find out, you know, some of these NFL beat guys and, you know, you know, the Adam Schefters of the world, maybe not him because he's a Michigan guy, but the in Rappaport's of the world. Some of these guys are going to start getting, we're going to start finding out in the next couple of days that there was nothing on the table and it was just wishful thinking out of Jim. And unless his agents really did bluff the crap out of Michigan and scared the crap out of them that uh, he was pretty much a done deal. And maybe Michigan did come in at the last minute. I don't personally believe that. No, I think he realized that he wasn't offered a job today. I mean, if you look back to what Minnesota was looking for, I think that they had put it out there that they were looking for kind of like a young, innovative offensive mind. Jim Harbaugh is none of those things. Like, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, yeah, he's an offensive guy in his own right, but he's not an offensive genius by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so I don't think, I don't think it was going the way he wanted it to. I think he realized that it was uh maybe it was an interview out of respect because they knew he was, you know, a tenured head coach that he was someone that could possibly be an option. But at the end of the day, he did not fit for what their plans were. He got that vibe and they did not give him an offer and it wasn't him turning it down. Cause he just had to be a Michigan. He wasn't going to be the coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And it's, no, I, it's just, I mean, it's even funnier than if he would have left in the manner which he would have left. Cause now after all this bull crap, he has to go back. Yeah. Yeah. And I said on Twitter last night, and I still kind of believe it is that like, I don't know how the hell Michigan even brings him back at this point. It's like, like I would almost say like if, if he came and called me up today and been like, if I'm the athletic director there, I'd be like, well, I'm coming back. I'd be like, nope. Like, <laughs> like, have you, like there are people in our fan base that are pissed off right now at you. There's uh, I'm pissed have, off at you. <laughs> uh, there's uh, I'm mad at you. There's uh, the administration's mad at you. There's uh you know, kids on our team that are now that are literally just signed a couple months ago and are talking about possibly transferring out. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Maybe, maybe we should just go in a different direction here. Well, like, you but, know, but he did make it known that he's not going to pursue NFL jobs anymore, which is, I mean, that's a 
Consider this has happened every year, and he's had mutual interest every year. That's just a crock. Because every year, every year longer that he's out of NFL, who's going to hire this guy? They, the NFL teams want younger dudes. I mean, that is just an obvious thing. They want, they want a young guy. They want an offensive-minded guy. They want a young offensive-minded guy. <laughs> like they want those three things before anything. And right. like even the defensive guys that they hire that are getting hired in, you know, these are younger dudes. I mean, these aren't guys that are uh, like, yeah. and, and the, in today's football, it's just, it's just a lot easier to hire the offensive guy as head coach and then hold on. And then it's easier to find a young defensive coordinator that you can keep for multiple years. Because, you know, if you sign, if you hire a defensive minded coach and they get a really good young offensive coordinator, there's a good chance in a year or two, if he proves himself, he's going to get a job. So as a head coach, so like there's a better probability that he's going to get a head coaching job than a smart defensive coordinator, a smart young defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, it just makes no sense right now. <laughs> like with any of this stuff, but I mean, whatever he's got egg on his face, you know, only Michigan that in the, in the best year that they have in decade in a decade plus, you know, they win the big 10, they get to the playoffs, they beat Ohio state. They get all these little monkeys off their back. You know, they say that they finally have kind of, they figured out how to run a true off season. That's going to prepare them for the season. All these little things. And it's like boop, gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. And, I mean, of all like the guy just totally like killed any momentum they had, you know, going into this year to build from last year. Now, I mean, I'm sorry. Like there's a part of it that he has to now rebuild trust because of he pretty much was leaving these guys. And I mean, I don't know, like if you remember the episode from the office or have you seen it when Michael believes that he's getting a corporate job and he goes in and he thinks it's just a formality because he's the most qualified there and he goes there and it's not just a formality that, you know, it's an actual interview and they, he knows that he's not going to get this job that he bombed the interview. Uh, Jan makes a mess of things and is just a total like train wreck that yeah, goes there. I remember that one. So he, you know, he shakes David Wallace's hand and he respectfully, you know, takes his name out of the, the running comes back and he's like, I'm back. And I, I came back for you guys. And he was never getting the job. And that's just what we saw today with Jim Harbaugh. And, but he, I mean, he just, I don't know if I was Michigan, I would feel like that guy just pretty much like, crapped on our relationship that we have with him and i mean he's he's got to build some trust back up so yeah. it's going to be an interesting off season for him um and i mean we could definitely talk more in future episodes about you know those guys moving forward but yeah. I, I don't know something just stuck out at me now that he's done this crap i don't think there's anything he can do but you have to name jj mccarthy the starter right away yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, and I, we'll, to me, we'll, this, we'll talk about their talent and depth chart somewhere down the, one, the road. The one thing I would just want to throw in there and doesn't necessarily have to do with him, but it kind of has to do with it now is that, I mean, his own conference, I mean, some of the rumors that are going around how they're going to change the whole conference championship thing. I mean, <laughs> the conference in itself is kind of trying to crap on it, but like, well, 
It would have just been better if we would have just had a Michigan Ohio State rematch this year. Oh. He probably and the, and the Buckeyes probably would have beat him. So <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's kind of how it felt. It's like yeah, we really should have. We wanted Ohio State in that game. We gotta we gotta make sure that this doesn't happen again. And it seems like the compromise because you know the SEC. I mean, supposedly where the big hangup is is that you know a lot of the con- a couple of the conferences want the six best you know conference champions in there. But you know, like the Big Ten wants it to literally be the conference champ. The, the power, he wants all Power Fives to have an automatic birth. But the SEC just wants the top five conference champs, regardless of conference affiliations. You know, of mm-hmm. which conference, whoever the champs are, that because that would protect against if uh, a crappy team wins a conference championship from getting in. Um, so I mean, that's kind of like where all these hangups are. So it seems like that this is kind of the Big Ten's compromise that well, we'll just have our two best teams play each other. And let's face it. I mean, it doesn't help anybody in the West. I mean, and like literally Ohio state. I mean, I I saw this thing the other day that if, uh, if this was the case this whole time, eight of the last nine years, they would have been in the big 10 championship game. So I believe the uh, only one they would have missed would have been the, um, Iowa, I believe Mich- the Iowa, Michigan, State Iowa Penn State, yeah, Michigan State, yeah, that one. Which yeah, but every other because that was still, you know, our second best team in the stretch or something like that. So yeah, yeah which is crazy to think of. But yeah, that was it. And like, so the rest, like, yeah, the rest of them besides the year that you know, 2011, and the year that we're ineligible, that you know that. We're in it every other. We'd be in it every other year besides uh, 15. Well, I mean, and that's, so that's how close we've been. We've only lost, you know. In any of those years that we've lost a conference game, we've never lost more than one, you know, outside yeah. of that 2011, the stretch you're talking about, 2012, you know, the, the post-Meyer or urban to current era that, yeah. you know, we've never lost more than one conference game in a year. So, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it only helps another team in the East. Yeah, but exactly. I think, I think it definitely like almost solidifies that Ohio State, you know, it would almost be like Oklahoma, like, I mean, this was a weird year that Oklahoma didn't make it when they redid all that big 12 structure, but it almost like <laughs> you, Ohio state has to have a bad year, not to make the conference title pretty much. And that's like the guarantee. It's like, you know, well, everybody said it's, it only helps two teams. It helps Ohio state and helps whoever's been the, the second number place two team, team in the East. East. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, there's been very rare time. I mean, for a lot of these years, the second best team has come out of the East this year. The second best team would have been coming out of the East. And I mean, like Wisconsin only first, did it the one time that they, when they were undefeated, were they in the top two teams, right? When they were in that 2017 game against Ohio state, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So. All right. So yeah, we'll be getting a lot more into hardball over the year. Cause now we get to, the bloodbath in Columbus is still on. And, uh, you know, I don't think that was going to matter regardless that the, I think that's, I think there's a, there's a beating waiting for them coming into Columbus this year. I, th- you know, yeah. Ryan day, uh, he gets blown off a national championship field and he doesn't feel obligated that he has to change anything. He gets blown out by his rival and, uh, he decides to blow up the entire defense. So like, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, just no, no more speculation about Harbaugh, but that was just, I, I do think the whole 42 to 27 crowd, uh, their, their joy has uh expiration date on it and it's at the end of November. And it, I, I mean, early, 
thoughts and you know anything can happen during the season i mean hell this could be this could be a worse iteration of our defense than what we've had the last two years for as far as we know at this point i don't think it will be um but i just i i think you know as of today i'm very confident that that will be a bludgeoning at the end of the year yeah i agree and Jim Knowles defense, you know, as uh, we move into Jim Knowles talking, because we'll start with him, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, there might be some hiccups earlier in the year, but I think uh, it will be a full oiled machine by the time they get towards the end of the season. And I know it took him four years to get everything right in at Oklahoma state, but it got better every single year. And he's going to have, he has talent right now that he's never seen at Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. And so like, he gets these guys rolling. This thing could be a, a few games to where, you know, that, and you got the best, best offense in the country. So like it might get a few games that he really has to get that. It might take him a few games to get going, but there's still, there's still better chances than not that they're going to win those few games, you know, getting ready. Oh, well, I mean, he understands getting paid $2 million a year to come coach Ohio state. You're expecting results right away. And yeah, he has the talent right away, but I mean, still, you know, underrated thing that's happening or has is coming in with him are four of his guys. And I think that's it. I mean, it could be more are coming in in either graduate assistant or analyst roles to help get the rest of these, uh, you know, new coaches up to par with what I he's trying to do. Five. I know. I think uh, I think it's officially that they've taken three guys from Oklahoma State. Um, and then I think that they took the two Duke guys. Two Duke. So I okay, think, yes. Yeah. Five five guys that are now, you know, graduate assistants, analysts that are being paid by Ohio State that are gonna help get this defense up to speed. So he yeah. knows he knows he doesn't have forever to do this, but he's prepared for the task. And he he said it. He's he said, I know I don't have four years. Like that's not like that's not yeah, wasted he, on him. He knows that he has to amp it up and they gotta get results quick. For a guy that's never probably really had, you know, his job necessarily be challenged before because he's always been in situations that were going to afford him to give him time to do it. He seems like he's completely uh, he's embracing the role that, uh, you know, this is a completely different, you know, situation. And, you know, yeah, I don't have four years and, you know. And he talked about a lot of things. He's like, you know, yeah, the one thing coach day, the couple of things coach day with, he wants somebody that's going to be accountable to the defense. And he wants somebody who's going to give him answers when he has questions. And like, so he understands all of that. And I think he's just listening to him talk the other day. I, I just think he's the perfect fit for the job. And, you know, it's, it'll be nice for them to really just give a guy, you know, full comp, you know, the full, you know, room, this is your defensive team. You know, I'm going to come over here. I'll ask a couple questions, but I don't want to necessarily, I want to be as involved as much as that the head coach needs to be involved. And I just want to make sure that everything's working, but I don't want to be spending a bunch of time over here. I, it's, it's a lot funner for me to be, you know, devising crazy offenses to deal with, uh, like, well, yeah. you know, I mean, I think, you know, people go on about that ridiculous born on third base comment that Jim Harbaugh made about Ryan day. Uh, Ryan day inherited a ton of talent. I mean, there's no way, you know, around that, but one of the biggest things about that first year was Jeff half that he had someone that knew how to mold that talent, knew what to do and had a plan for that talent. 
And I yeah. don't think, and I'm not taking shots at Carrie Combs, Matt Barnes, Madison, whomever else was involved, you know, over the course of the last two years, but it didn't seem like they really had a plan of, you know, how to attack. Like, this is our structure. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to utilize all this talent that we have on defense. It was just kind of like, yeah. everyone coach your groups and, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. And that's that. And it never happened. So I'm just, you know, I think Knowles, like Halfley, can identify this talent and he's going to know how to be able to fit into his scheme and be able to use that to neutralize the opponent's strength, but, you know, also, um, you know, enhance Ohio State's strength at the same time on the defense. So I, I, yeah. I'm i very excited about it. I mean, he's a smart guy. You can tell by listening to him and he just has a lot of great ideas for the defense. And he even broke down some of his positions, like what's going to be a little bit different, you know, and how he approaches playing safeties, how he approaches playing that fourth lineman. That's kind of that hybrid role of a linebacker down lineman that can kind of go all over the place. So, yeah, yeah. it was really, you know, really interesting to listen to. I think he's going to be a great defense coordinator. Yeah. I mean, the things I like just listening to him was, uh, I mean, him talking about, uh, you know, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, just how like he, uh, oh, how he like, you know, he likes on every single defensive play, you know, every, not just every series, but every play that, you know, there should be three things that he could do out of every, you know, defensive formation that they show the offense. And it's the offense's job to try to figure out which one they're going to go with. And like, and that's kind of like his, you know, pre-snap post-snaps type thing that, you know, yeah, I'm going to show you this defense. I can do this, this, and this out of this said defense. And let's see if you and your offensive coordinator can figure it out. Uh, I liked when he talked about, you know, they, they kind of do those game show things uh, and, you know, he'll just out of nowhere, you know, a player's pitcher will show up on the board and that player has to stand up and he's going to ask him a question and he's got 2.5 seconds to answer said question. And if he doesn't, Red. He tells him to sit down because the play's over. And so it's like, right. I mean, it's just, and it's a, I, and I think that stuff's important because if you want to, the, 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 the criticism Ohio State's had over the last several years when they've had bad defenses is like, well, it's just too complex or this thinking too much. But if you want to get to a defense that, if, to the type of defense that is a national championship style defense, that you kind of got to, you know, you got to be able to think on your feet right. and still do, you know, A to B and, you know, 44 to six or whatever, A to B and all that stuff that they were talking before. I mean, it's all got to be boom, 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 boom. And you, you got to be able to think it through and react to it all at the same time. So like, and I love like, I mean, I know it was uh, McAllister that said it today, but he was talking about like, I mean, I did, you know, I think you sent me this, you know, the sound fight or whatever about like, you know, they just want the, you know, it's going to be just completely aggressive and, you know, they're going to, they just want the, they want the offenses have to react to what they're doing. Right. Not they want the to play offense on defense, which I mean, you pair that with Ryan day. And I know you and I say like, you don't have to have this, Georgia defense. You just have to have a decent defense that you have a shot to win a national title. If you have this killer defense on top of that offense, I mean, watch out. Like I, I you know, it's I mean, it's gonna be it will just be so hard for teams to stay with them during these games if they're able 
to do. I mean, if they're able to be that aggressive and just attack teams like that, get the ball back, get more possessions for Ryan Day's offense. And what you just mentioned about being able to, you know, the being able to run different things or like three formations or, you know, whatever. I, I can't reward exactly how you did, but what that reminds me of is kind of like Ryan Day's philosophy that I can run the same play out of, you know, five different formations Mm -hmm. and we're always going to keep the defense guessing. See if like, if they think or can guess that this is coming again, just from a different look. So I just feel like they both have very cerebral minds just on different sides of the ball. And I feel like they're both aggressive as hell. And I just, I love it. You know, this didn't come necessarily out of the press conference the other day, but I saw, you know, a breakdown from him a few weeks ago or that, you know, he likes to, you know, he plays in those third and mediums and stuff like that. We're, I mean, how many times we yelled, you know, yeah. Okay. And we're, we're couch coaches and stuff like that. How many times have we yelled when we have a cornerback sitting 10 yards off the player and it's third and five, like, you know, mm-hmm. I can't stand it. Like, you know, move, you're literally giving up an easy slant, like, you know, for a first down. So like he loves, he brings his corners up and then he plays his safeties and his linebacker coverages. He plays them very tight at the third, at the first down marker. And he's always bringing an extra guy also on a blitz. So it's like, you know, he's going to make the quarterback react fast on stuff like that. And that's why he creates a lot of, you know, third and three and outs and getting off the field on third downs. And, you know, his biggest things that he teaches at Oklahoma state was, you know, they love to sack people. They love to get tackles for loss. You know, they love just sound tackling in general and they get off the field on third down. Add to the fact that you got some legitimate athletes at Ohio state that he's never had. Like, I think he's going to get even, you know, Oklahoma state wasn't necessarily known for turnovers, but I think he's going to get turnovers too now. So now are you, you're going to only add everything of there that, that he's just going to make Ohio state even better at, but then you're going to, you're going to get turnovers that you just, that his guys just didn't get. They just, you know, cause they were looking to, you know, make the plays and get the guys down, but you're going to get athletes now that are just going to be in the right position and yeah, they could take that guy down, but they're also going to just jump the pass. I mean, we saw that this year that, you know, early in the season when they, when teams were uh, kind of confused about Ohio state's changes, I mean, they what five games in a row, four games in a row where they had a defensive touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's stuff like that's going to happen frequently with them just because they got the athletes to be doing it. And, you know, it's just going to be very fun to watch just a very aggressive defense again. And I like aggressive defenses because to me, especially if you have an offense like Ohio state, there's not many teams in the country that are going to be able to play shootout ball with you to begin with. So if you have an aggressive defense that maybe gives up a touchdown or two during a course of a game, just because they were over aggressive, whatever, you know, I'd rather be an aggressive defense than be a, you know, passive defense. And, you know, because take the ball away, get through three and outs and all that stuff, because that will happen a lot more often with an aggressive defense. And if you give up a quick long touchdown, whatever, you get the ball back. You're a great. You literally got the ball back top five offense. Who was the best offense in the country last year. And they're no doubt to think that they can't achieve that again this year. So like, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just, I'm looking forward to it. Um, And then, you know, the other, defensive coaches they had very impressive interviews as well um so 
I was surprised about how much, how well I uh, ended up liking Walton's press conference. I knew I was going to like Ileano's press conference. He just seemed like he was uh, just everything I've heard about him. It was very impressive. And it's not saying Walton was impressive. Everything I've heard about him, it was impressive too. I just didn't know how, you know, it's just a, getting back into college football. You have that pro mindset for so long, he, but he's just he a Southern a, gentleman, Mike, but he had a lot of energy. Like I can already see where he's got manners. He's got energy. He loves Ohio state. I already can see how, you know, as long as he embraces recruiting, he's going to do phenomenal on recruiting. So like he's going to, he's going to be in and going in there and win, uh, you know, win over parents. And, you know, I know this is going to come off sounding a little stereotypical and, you know, I apologize for that, but every Southern kid that uh, they try to recruit he better be on the recruiting team for, because I don't know. It's just like, I, I remember a couple uh moms saying when uh, Brian Kelly was, uh you know, hired a couple weeks ago that they just don't see him being all to come into their living rooms and impress them. I see Tim going into, you know, Southern loving rooms and impressing, you know, those moms down there that, uh you know, and who knows, you might be able just because of having a personality like that, that is, you know, fits in with uh you know the customs more down there you might be able to win a couple of those kids and you know how hard some of those recruiting battles can be and you know Def- so i mean yeah. who knows? definitely difficult to pull kids out of uh, sec country one minute here excuse me and uh sorry about we got that. A, a dog <laughs> a dog alert that's all right he went I got him back in pretty quickly, so he's good. <laughs> but now it's hard to pull those kids out of SEC country. So you're absolutely right. You know he needs to be in on those recruiting trips. Um, but I just, I mean, he the his character, his experience, and his passion for Ohio State that's going to take him so far in recruiting. As long as, like you said, as long as he embraces it, and he's going to be able to teach these kids, you know, anything. And he has, yeah, that, that's. He has that going for him that he can teach them anything. And of course, he doesn't have, you know, the pro success that like a Brian Hartline did, but he's still, you know, this is his alma mater and he coached in the NFL for a very long time. Yeah. His pro success is, you know, his him being a coach there uh, in the NFL for as long as he has been. And uh, it's successful too. I mean, he's been a su- successful guy. You've heard a lot of good things from guys like Jalen Ramsey ab- about him. and. So yeah, I think that him being an NFL guy, he's going to be able to come and be like, first of all, Ohio state puts a lot of corners into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I know how to teach those guys. And, you know, and I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, I thought he was kind of the guy that brought in. And when you want to run a complex defense as his complex coverages, you better have a guy that maybe has some experiences. And in the NFL, you run a lot of different coverages. I mean, that's, it's not college football where, you know, you can get away with maybe running uh you know, unless you're the upper echelon of teams that do run a little bit more complex defenses. Yeah. You can get away with, you know, on your run of the mill, you know, middle of the road team that, yeah, I can run a more of a basic defense with basic coverages and most teams I'll be fine against. Yeah. And you know that, you know, here he's got to have players that he can throw into way different formations and they got to know multiple different players. I mean, you literally, I mean, Knowles runs every, type of coverage i mean sure. in his defense so those guys have to know that and so i think having an nfl minded coach that understands that is going to be perfect for those 
corners and, and honestly will be perfect for the safeties and coverage too. And I think, you know, Eliano, <coughs> excuse me, talked about his thing. There's going to be plenty of times where they're by themselves, but there's going to be plenty of times where they're together. And so you got to have, you got to have you thinking on similar wavelengths. And he said in his press conference that they actually coached together in a clinic a few years ago, and they actually got along very well. They had pretty good uh, chemistry with each other. So it seems like that there are two personalities that will actually fit really well with each other. So I, I was pretty pleased listening to both of them talk. Yeah. Just exciting stuff. Very happy with that. Yeah. Um, now on Eliano, the one thing I did like, and I, I not just, he kind of alluded in the press conference, but I kind of heard it from a couple other places too. I mean, he's literally had kids tell them be like, well, if you work for, I like you coach. If you work for a, a better school and stuff like that, you know, you might have a, you know, a better shot and like, well, now he's, <laughs> he kept on talking. I would have that block O of my chest now. And so he's like, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to get me into places where I've not been able to get into before. And I love building relationships and, you know, I know everybody that, you know, has signed over the last several years, love Kerry Combs. And, you know, he was that guy. And it just seems like that this is, a comparable replacement for him. And if he can get out of the, if he can get out of them playing like what Kerry was able to get out of our guys over the last several years playing that he's been here, especially, you know, when he was here the first go around when he, when they really popped out a lot of kids into the NFL, you know, I, I love where that's going. And so uh, if he matches the coaching ability with, I think what he is in recruiting and relationship building and stuff, I mean, he's going to, he's just a home run higher and, and he's a guy because of his age and stuff, you know, in a couple of years, if, you know, Knowles decides to move on, who knows whatever happens, you know, you know, if you could get him to stay, even though I do think he has a potential head coaching, you know, chops that somebody's going to give him a shot at to be a head coach somewhere that, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, you could see becoming a defensive coordinator sure. and, you know, turning the whole defense over to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with his press conference. Um, just stuff you were talking about. I mean, he just, I know it wasn't as in your <laughs> face, but he had that energy that Kerry Combs has, you know, that yeah. like he had just that positive vibe about him. I mean, of course, it wasn't like, you know, turned up to 11, like what Kerry is, but he's still, I, I feel like, you know, he can go in there, he can win these kids just like Kerry did. Um, in his own way with his own recruiting pitches, but that, like you said, the block O gets him into those houses, gets him into the, you know, with those five-star kids that the, the bear cat, the little claw, you know, that didn't get him into before, but this all he'll be there now. And, yeah. And he can, and he can say that, Hey, not only can he go there, but like at a school like Cincinnati, I coached the Thorpe award. I winner. got at Cincinnati. I got a kid to win the Thorpe award. Like yeah. he could use that as a recruiting pitch. Yeah. And now I'm at Ohio like, state with all the resources available. Yeah, exactly. Um, the one thing, and I did like this, you know, yeah, maybe personality wise different than Carrie, but you know, Carrie was always a pretty straight and honest shooter with the press and stuff like that. And they loved him. I mean, you, you know, you ever listen to any, I mean, I was listening to Letterman row the other day and, you know, Austin Ward brought up the fact that after his, he had almost a 30 minute press conference. And then I guess he stuck around for like another 30 minutes, mm -hmm. like taking just general questions, you know, with all the reporters and stuff like that, that weren't on there. 
And like somebody asked him, like, why are you doing that? He's like, hey, you know, building relationships with you guys are is just as important as so, you know, I think that's a good start for him that, you know, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, you know, especially in certain circles in the Ohio State media, you know, it's very hard to get them to hate you because, you know, they you know, I mean, they're Homer press. I mean, but that's what you get when you are in a lot of these uh, in these programs and stuff like that. And it's OK. You know, I don't need everybody to be, you know, tell me everything to, you know, tell me all the things that are wrong with Ohio State. And uh, then, you know, when good things happen, try to be all nonchalant about it. You know, I like Homer press every now and then. So, you know, that's a good sign for the, him that, uh, you know, a lot of the seems like that impressed a lot of them that he stuck around and talked to him. So I think he's going to be, I mean, I was really excited. Like I, I kind of felt like I was going to feel that way with him, but I was uh, like, I was just really excited how I ended up feeling about Walton after it too, because like, I didn't know what to expect out of that. I didn't know if he was going to try to, you know, poo poo stuff and be like, well, I've coached at the highest level now for how many years? And uh, I'm going to do this without any problem because there is a big disconnect between NFL coaches and college coaches. There's just, there's a lot more on the plate of college coaches than there are the NFL coaches, not saying the NFL coaches jobs are easy by any stretch. It's just a different type of hard. And, you know, so he, he didn't do that. He was really energetic. He sounded like he was thrilled to be back and he's, ready to seem like hit recruiting. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times with NFL coaches, when they come down to the college level is they forget that they have to develop kids. They have to teach them that they're used to kind of getting a finished product. That's just, you know, yeah. maybe hasn't been exposed to the grind of an NFL season or something, you know, something like that, but someone that's like, okay, you know, all your techniques, all your fundamentals, I'm going to teach you the system and this is what you need to do in that. And so a lot of them that I think that honestly, because Bill Davis is still coaching in the NFL. I'm pretty sure. I think that was his problem when he got our linebackers was he got a bunch of young linebackers or guys that, you know, hadn't played a lot. And yeah, he came in and was like, okay, well you got to do this, this and this. And those guys didn't know like what they were doing as linebackers at first before they even got to the point that to be able to do this this and this right that they could do this system like he he forgot that you have to be you know a teacher of the position as well as a teacher of the system so yeah. and i don't think we're going to run into that at all now. Wal yeah and actually 100 seems like he gets it yeah and actually to bring that up he actually mentioned that a couple of times that you know part of this is developing these kids and yeah you know so yeah he's embracing that so just very very impressed with him um i mean because what Face it, when a high school kid coming into college, that is just the best athlete on the field a lot of the time. I mean, sure, they have a lot of talent. There's a lot of things that these guys already know, especially as, you know, sports are becoming more specialized over the years that you're only doing one thing and you're starting to learn, you know, the more of the ins and outs of your positions and about the sport. But a lot of these guys are just, you know, freak athletes that can do crazy exactly. things, but they need to be taught how to play the position. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, that's, and there's always, there's a transition to all three levels of football. I mean, you know, when you're in high school, you know, there is nobody that very few people that Trevion Henderson goes up to that's an, an anywhere near his caliber as a player. So, you know, he doesn't have to learn all the finer points of football. Well, in college, you have to learn the finer points because yes, there's going to be 
games where you're literally the best athlete, but you're going to get into some upper echelon teams. And uh, so, yeah, you got to learn all the finer points. And then when you take those finer points, when you get up to the next level, you realize you ain't the fastest guy on the field anymore. That Lyman can actually run you down. And like, so you have to learn how to do the, 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 the grinding part and the aspects that, you know, to be the crispest athlete in the world that, you know, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to be Chris Olave running 10 yards down the field without anybody anywhere around him. that. Yeah. There's going to be a corner right on your butt too. So you better know how to catch. (laughs) Right. Are you, and like you said, you're not going to have 10 yards. So you got to learn how to get one yard of separation with someone yeah. that can run with you. And that's like, and you just, that's the stuff like in the NFL, like when it comes to system and like the, the finer, finer points, like, you know, when that ball snaps, you got to diagnose how to be the quickest person to where you, you got to be. And, yeah. but as far as, you know, you still got to develop kids to know their positions in college. Whereas the NFL it's more so that they're a finished product when you finally get yeah. them. Hopefully they yeah. are when they're at that point. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, final coach we're going to talk about tonight is uh, the new offense line coach, uh, uh, Mr. Fry. Uh, he seemed, he very, seemed very impressive stoked. also. And he, yeah, he, he was actually probably my favorite interview, to be honest with you. He was uh, pretty stoked about being back in this part of the country. I mean, he's from, I believe, Indiana, Indianapolis, right? Or Indiana. He, he played ball at Indiana, I'm pretty sure. So I he's, I mean, he's around here. I know his wife's family's from Mentor. I heard that. So, you know, he has definite ties to the, to the area. <clears throat> and again, just somebody that knew, like, it's just funny. They all know that they, like, Ileano mentioned this, uh, uh, Knowles mentioned this that Brian mentioned this, that, you know, this is different than the last position I was at. So there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, are expected to be that we're not necessarily expected to be before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, and I mean, I like it because it just sounds like these guys know the opportunity that's given to them and they kind of know the responsibility that comes with it. But I mean, Fry, I mean, he had just like, he almost it kind of almost felt like you know a halfly interview with him like he was real you know down to earth and you know he simplified things i mean he said football is blocking and tackling if you block the guys and they can't tackle you you're going to score one way or another if they tackle you he's like that's not going to be fun and you're not going to score points so i mean he totally like he gets it you know he said you know he joked about this part of the country he's going to get bigger guys than what he would get over in southern california um i really liked what he said about you know i want like my daughter to be able to be up in the stands and know exactly where the ball is going and everyone know where the ball is going and it doesn't even matter because we're that good at it we're going to convert on a third and two I know a couple of the media members mentioned this on some of their podcasts this week, but the first one, the thing I heard when I saw that it was the same thing everybody else mentioned too. It's like, Oh, JT Barrett's back on huh? <laughs> like <laughs> everybody knew where JT Barrett was going to the ball. And uh, he always got the, I mean, you say what you want about JT, but they always got those first downs. So yeah, he wasn't short. <laughs> well, JT got, so, but uh, no, I was very impressed with listening to him that, uh, you know, I, I liked when he said, you know, you think there's too many chefs that you have an offensive minded head coach. You now have a run game coordinator, a pass game coordinator, an offensive coordinator. He's like, no, it's just ball. You know, we're all talking to each other. He's like, I was in meetings with the guy 
the guys. And you know what? They were asking my opinion on stuff. And like, you know, he's like, we're just, we're just playing football here. And, uh, you know, where it's going to be a, a process where we all throw our ideas out there. And I think with them is one thing when Ryan day was an offensive coordinator in 18 and his two years as head coach or three years now, head coach, you know, I thought that, you know, for two and a half of those years, they didn't have a running identity. They obviously had a running identity in uh, 19. 19 and then they had a running identity in a portion of 20. Yeah. When they finally got really sermon going into the year before that, I didn't think they had a running identity and I didn't see it in 18 and I didn't see it last year. And that's with, you know, one of the best running backs in the country and Mayan Williams, who arguably could be very easily starting for, you know, 95% of all teams in the country right now. Like, you know, that they should have been a much better run team than they were. And a lot of that falls on, you know, a lot of that fell on the offensive line and their inability to do legitimate run blocking. But some of it also fell on calling bad types of running plays at different parts of the game and not having a running identity. You can still be the best passing team in the world and still have a legitimate running identity. And I think they're going to develop a blocking scheme. And now with offer being a running game coordinator, they're actually going to have a running scheme. And I think that they're going to, really look into this and they're going to find plays that work better for Trey and for Mayan yeah. and, you know, and CJ too. And I think instead of they, you know, what we saw towards the end of the year, I think some of those read options are going to be more RPOs and, you know, that works in this offense. And if you get maybe some more of that pistol style running where, you know, Henderson and Mayan can get downhill fast and, you know, you know, then make moves and stuff when they get out into the open, you know, that's going to be bad. I mean, Trey Henderson, a couple of things he needs to clean up, but if he gets downhill, that guy, he hits a hole fast, man. Oh, and yeah. He can be gone as soon as he hits the hole. Like, you know, that's how fast he is. And, you know, and he's, he's only going to get faster too. I mean, cause with I mean, Marathi's weight training program, I mean, he, he can bulk up, he can put on another 10 pounds. And he will become more explosive because of, yeah. you know, how he's going to be training. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be like JK that, you know, he actually got bigger. Zeke actually got bigger, but they got faster as their careers went on. Yeah. I, I just, I love the dangerousness that their passing game is, but if they can get with a, you know, if he, I think he's going to hands down, just be better than stud in recruiting, mm -hmm. but can he match studs ability to, you know, develop a line and, you know, most there's very few times that stud was behind the eight ball on that. I mean, you can argue different things this year. I don't know if his back injuries really affected some of that stuff. I think part of it is we look back at hindsight being 2020 that, you know, it was probably pretty dumb to have four tackles out there, you know, that, you know, your guards are the best, better or the best run blockers on the team normally. Um, so, does that, did that affect it? It seems like, yes, it did, but it also probably affected it that maybe stud wasn't as completely healthy. Um, and so a lot of that stuff probably, uh, did, you know, fell to that, but he was always a pretty good developer of offense alignment. So if he, if, if Fry can match him in development, I think he's going to, I think he's going to really get some of the kids that stud have missed out on over the last couple of years and recruiting and, and if they start adding to the point to in their offensive line recruiting 
maybe like how they're recruiting some other positions. I mean, my God, I don't know if you <laughs> like if they could start getting guys like the level Bama and Georgia has been getting over the last several years. And, you know, I think Ohio state's been a step below that. I still think that they've gotten really good offensive linemen, but yeah. you know, getting those next level linemen, if they could get a couple of those kids, I'm not saying that they have to get five of them every year. If you, if you get some good local talent and then you add in two of those kids on top of it, you know, one or two of that, that's a damn good offensive line every year you're recruiting. Right. And then if you and you're, you're always them, going to have a good offensive line then moving forward, as long yeah. as you keep people healthy and you keep doing what you do. Yeah. And then you develop them to the, be the players that they're, you know, should be, could be, you know, with that, what their talent says from being in high school players that, you know, they could turn into these two players that they were developed. Then, yeah. Going forward, I'm pretty stoked to see what he can do. And uh, I think, from what I listened to him the other day, he seems pretty intelligent. I think he's going to help develop a legitimate running game mm-hmm. to a scheme. Um, if they pass block and they develop as well as they did understood, well, damn, like I'm that could end up being uh, the final scary piece of that offense. Yeah. And then, yeah. And what I'm going to say, not to cut you <laughs> off, but it just kind of to me, it's not like he is like embracing the fact that, you know, his run, his, you know, his running game might not be top dog for Ohio state, but it does kind of sound like, you know, he kind of gets it. He's like, you know, we don't, it doesn't have to necessarily only be running, but you got to be effective when you run the ball. He's like, you know, you got to be good when that's what you do. But I think, I think he knows that, you know, Ohio state just with the talent they have from Heartline and day bringing in for the passing game, you're still going to be passing on people, but yeah. when you do run the ball, you got to be effective at it. You can't get stopped. You're Ohio freaking state. You can't get stopped on third and ones. Yeah. And that was, that was uh, the hard part of this year. That was like, you know, the hardest part of this year was what Michigan did to us. You know, that was just running the ball over that. So that's like just heartbreaking to see, you know, your defense do that. I think that's going to get fixed up pretty quickly, but the other disheartening thing this year is that they just got stopped way too easily on, you know, short downs. And it's like, man, that used to be, you know, I didn't care whether it's JT Barrett, whether it was uh, Ezekiel Elliott, whether it was Carlos Hyde, Braxton Miller, whether it was Maurice Corrad or, uh, you know, uh, Beanie, (laughs) JK Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, Boone Heron, I even Boone Heron, you know, who was not a big dude, you know, he always got those tough down, those tough yards on, you know, third and shorts and stuff like that. Like, and it just seems like we've had so many guys over the years that it's just like these last couple of years, it's just been like, we've had a just 19 was unbelievable when they got sermon going in 20, that was unbelievable. But like 18 eh, and last year, eh, even though there was times last year that you saw what it could be. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I mean, just 18. And I mean that, you know, I think it's a conversation for another day, maybe. And we can see as this year goes on. I mean, it feels like a lot of, you know, whatever, what stud does and what, you know, they tried to do that. You really, it's almost like you kind of needed a quarterback that could run a little bit for that type of, blocking to yeah. be effective so i'm 
I'm really looking forward to what this guy, Justin Fry, can bring because I think, I think he's going to just rejuvenate that you know the run game and the offensive line standpoint. And I've, you got Trey Henderson, you got you know Evan Pryor, you got Mayan Williams, you still got Marcus Crowley out there. You know for the time being, I know he's recovering again. Um, you got Dallin Hayden coming in, of course. You know Alfred's never stopping, so he's gonna. As long as he's there, he's going to bring in quality kids. So I think, you know, your run game is just going to be like shot out of a cannon this year. I mean, I think you're going to see again, you know, 17 and 19, and you're going to see it again this year. And they don't necessarily have to be Georgia-esque running the ball because Georgia runs the ball too much. Um, Mm -hmm. But if he could get a Georgia-style running attack with – you know, the fact that he has the best passing game in the country, uh, you know, mm-hmm. then they fix the defense. Like I just like, I mean, I'm trying to take my scarlet glasses off, but like they could be, I mean, this could be a special year. I mean, if he gets, if Jim Knowles can get that defense up to a, a top, it doesn't even have to be a top five defense right now. I think eventually he will get that to a top five defense, but like if he can get it this year into a top 15 defense, possibly a top 20 defense, but that offense, like a top 20 Ohio state defense with that offense doesn't lose to Michigan. Well, and right. they might be that, you know, they probably are playing in the national championship game. Cause I think whoever they get in the first round, they're going to knock off. And, you know, I think they would have beat Alabama. They had the abilities to beat Alabama or Georgia because they would have challenged Georgia's defense a lot better than anybody else in the country could have, you know, Alabama's issues this year. We saw it a couple times when Jama was not in the offense, they weren't as pres- impressive as uh, they were when he was in the offense. Sure. And, you know, I think uh, CJ Stroud, regardless of what receivers were in the offense, we saw that in the Rose bowl that, you know, I can play with any of these guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, if one of them gets hurt. I'll move somebody else in this position and we'll be fine. Um, we're going to, so we'll get moving here into just quickly into signing day today. I did want to also, I think we'll save it till next week. I wanted to, I kind of wanted to talk about just our reactions of kind of what, uh, you know, what we think about what they did, you know, going into this okay. off season. Like it seemed like the, you know, the proverbial gun was to his head and it seemed like he answered very hard, you know, you know, he was on, he was against the wall after the Michigan loss. And, but I think that could probably take us down a 20 to 30 minute conversation hole. So, cause you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed of what he did. So I think we'll kind of save that for next week that uh, we'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. So just quickly on signing day again, like I said, there wasn't going to be a lot of fireworks today unless we got Christian Miller. We didn't, but a kept with his commitment. That, he signed. I mean, that's a big one because <coughs> those Texas schools out there, you know, they're getting there. Yeah, they, of course, I'm, I'm not sure what kind of, um, you know, A&M, what kind of interest they would have with him anymore, considering they just recruited like that line, five, five-star defensive linemen. So, yeah, that line was freaky. Um, but, uh, oh my gosh, Larry Johnson had a hell of a line the last couple of years recruits too. So, oh yeah, let's get, let's get these guys uh, developed now. And that's, that's half the battle too. Recruiting's the fun part, but, you know, I would say that, what Larry Johnson's done over the last decade and what, uh, I mean, yeah, they've had miles Garrett and a and M, but, uh, what they've done down there, the, they've gotten some really, really great linemen. I think we've done a better job developing ours. And so like, I mean, yeah, but 
You, you, de- you need- definitely got a stud of a defensive line coach down there. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. I mean, I don't know if LJ retires anytime soon. I don't know what you would have to do. I mean, I just think it probably is impossible because he, he's a Pennsylvania guy. Like he, I mean, he coached under LJ. So it, it definitely wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to get him closer to home. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to move back to the cold after being in Texas, but I mean, it's not out of the Ohio realm State's of possibility. Ohio State showed this year that Gene Smith's reeling to open checkbooks up. Uh, I think he got to a point that he realized that, that, uh, I think Gene Smith has been caught. Uh, he's been kind of caught in between that, uh, are we a big 10 school? Are we just a better, are we, are we a more of an sec style school? And I think he's tried to play both of those, uh, those things at different times. And I think he realized after this year, I think Brian day got to him and like, uh, I need analysts. I need quality control coaches and I need a new defensive staff. And mm-hmm. I think Gene Smith said, yeah, you need all those. Cause you know, if you get fired for this one, I'm probably getting fired for this one too. So like, you know, right. And that, I mean, that's the thing. And I, I think that's, I think you're, you are 100% on the ball with what you just said. I think Ryan day went up to Gene Smith or maybe Gene decided himself as, and it was time to jump off the fence. You're not, you know, you can still represent the big 10, but you can be a football powerhouse in the big 10. And they, it's not like they are. I mean, I shouldn't act like Ohio state, isn't comparable, you know, isn't like an SEC school already, but sometimes you just got to dive right in and you can't play. Both, and Gene, and, you can't be and on Gene's both been, sides. Yeah. And Gene's been tough when he's needed to been tough over the last couple of years. So, but there's just been those times where he's gotten a little caught in between there. Um, and I definitely think that that this really, he had a, he realized college football was changing. I think that's why they did that, uh, that NIL edge type thing where, uh, you know, I, you know, I heard somebody talking about this week on one of the podcasts, uh, the Buckeye podcast that, you know, we might let everybody do what they're going to do. We might let A&M and Texas do, let, let them throw their necks out there and let's see what the NCAA is willing to accept. And now Ohio state's like, okay, we see the field now yeah. we got Columbus behind us. We got a powerhouse behind us. We got a brand behind us and let's create a, let's create a, in, uh, you know, a, little thing within our athletic department that's going to go out and help these guys now. And uh, we'll, we'll, now that we know what the game is, we'll go play the game. And so like, yeah. I think that I kind of think that's what they're doing. So, but not to get off topic, you know, we were talking about signing day Hinsman. I was very excited that, you know, I talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago that I really would love to see us start challenging teams like Wisconsin and Iowa up here for some of their offense alignment, maybe when the state of Ohio is a little bit down and, you know, you can still go after, uh, you know, big time recruits around the country. I think Fry will do a good job with that, but you know, there's some big time recruits, offensive line recruits in this region of the country. So like, there's no reason why Ohio state shouldn't be mixing it up with Iowa and Wisconsin when there's, if there's somebody up here that they really want and go get them. Yeah. My only disappointment with that though, is I'm looking at this kid's measurable six, four, two eighty. I mean, I thought linemen that were on Wisconsin's radar, I thought they were mountains of men. Like, yeah, I've well, seen, he's definitely a, he's definitely a guard. But. I've, I've seen their lines before. I mean, they're like six, six, three, 10 all the way across. Like, yeah, like we got a we got their midget. There. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, but no, I, I Nick, the kids, I mean, he's done great. You know, he, it sounds like he does. He's a very, you know, obviously a great player. 
Um, I think he comes from a wing T or triple option offense. So there's definitely, you know, he's a run heavy guard, but there's a lot. He probably still has to learn as far as passing um, pass blocking, excuse me. And yeah, cause I think actually now that I remember the story, the center at the um, all American, uh, the all-star game, mm-hmm. I came down with COVID, I think, or got injured. So he had to go into like a shotgun as, as a center and it's just it's something that he had never done before because he was his offense that he's from is, you know, wing T or triple option under center type offense. So definitely, you know, he has to get up to speed with that stuff. Um, yeah. And I think it for somebody that in high school that was on a team that ran the wing T that uh, there's not a lot of shotgun that goes on in the wing T. <laughs> yeah. And then my team, we ran a we ran a shotgun offense just two years later. So I mean, that was just a yeah. that was a culture shift at uh, Stowe High School. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, no, now uh, now we are getting off topic. Yeah. No. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this up here. We don't need to go into high school stories. Um, but uh, no, I'm very excited that they ended up holding on to a bore. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to. Texas to try to come in with um, money or and I'm gonna be like, man, we could take one more let's, defensive let's lineman. <laughs> one more. Why not? Um, actually, the real quick though, let's I just want to talk about Dave, his press conference real quick. Just a couple points. You know, he is over on scholarships right now. He said he'd rather be over than under 85, which ain't that the truth at this point. Um, the one that really interested me, he said seven banks is moving on, which I don't think is like crazy to think about but it's just kind of like i don't i don't know if because he said he has to talk with the family the next day was that like did they make that decision that seven was moving on like had seven not reported yet and they was like eh, well, i don't know you made you made up your mind i'm not sure um i always like seven banks i know you did too i think he got a lot of criticism for no reason i mean he was in on a lot of plays he's a big long cornerback i think he'll be fine if he does enter the transfer portal i would be interested to see where he goes because I don't coming from Ohio state being a starter. I don't see him going to a small school. I just, I wonder if he's going to go trans. I mean, I, I know he can't go NFL, but I'm wondering if he's, is he going to go transfer Porter or is he going to try one of these other football leagues? I mean, we have a new sp- spring freaking football league coming up uh, that, you know, it seems like every other year we get a new spring football league. Um, well, you don't think, then, you don't think he'd be drafted. Well, he can't, he can't declare because he's passed. Uh, um, he had a, he would have already had to have his paperwork in. He's not an underclassman though. Oh, he came in at 2018. He was a lave's age. Oh, he might. So is he allowed? So or do you still have to turn in paperwork? I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't know how any, any of that goes. I just, I he, I'm repeating somebody I heard this week saying that he was ineligible to go because he's has passed. So they could be wrong. And if oh, that's the case that I'm wrong, I mean, so, I'll, I'll trust, like, I'll trust someone else, but he wasn't, I mean, I, I know he, he's four years removed from high school. So as he, could, yeah, he probably he is a lot I don't know. I, well, I don't know if he graduated or not. I would assume he did just because of the coursework those guys take that they usually, you know, are well ahead of the game when it comes to graduating, but he might not have. No. Well, regardless, I think, uh, I wonder if I mean, maybe he will be going to the NFL. I just, I, I wonder. So, I mean, best of luck to him. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, between uh you know Burke and Brown and then the couple kids that they brought in when they brought Burke in 
you know, and you know, we've gotten some, you know, Kerry Combs did get the damn, uh, <laughs> the, the room back filled up. Yeah. So like, uh, we got some good corners, I think in there. Is that Oklahoma um, so. state corner still out there in the portal or did he finally go? Did he go somewhere that I don't know? He, I would, I'm yeah, not. we we've been gone for a couple of weeks. We've we've had some things going on, so that's uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if that anything. So uh, on I'll, that one, I'll look into but, that. But I think we'll call it a night on that. Uh, it was a, a good podcast. Uh, but I'm pretty pretty stoked what we heard in the press conferences. I'm really uh, ready to see. And like I said, I think next week I do want to kind of just break down just kind of our thoughts about day because I mean. He did. Uh, he did a lot of. He let a lot of things fly. This, and he even said in the press conference that he had a. He really had to make some. Uh, that these were big sweeping changes he made on the defense. Uh, he basically he turned it all over to Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles was in on the the Eliano and Tim Walton, uh, you know, uh, interviews and stuff like that. So outside of uh, you know LJ, who was staying, that you know nothing was forced onto Jim Knowles and, you know, he, he got the, uh, he got his input in on those two guys too. And yeah. it seems like he's got the staff that he wants. Yeah. He needed a head coach of the defense. He said that. And I think he's, I mean, he's really happy with where he is and I am too. So, I mean, just the three points that we brought up tonight, you know, I'm happy about this recruiting class. I think it was a very solid for as much criticism as it took at different times when, you know, people had decommitted and people forgot that uh, Quinn Ewers reclassified. So that kind of gave us a big loss because the number one player in the country was no longer there. He was in the class yeah. before it. Um, so class ended up very solid um, defensive, new defensive coaches and Justin Fry. I mean, just ecstatic about them also i think they're really going to help change the culture well build on the culture of the team not change it but build on the culture implement what they like to do be very successful and i think ohio state's just it's going to be a refreshing and welcome change to some of the things that we have been seeing over the last couple of years and then finally i cannot be happier that jim harbaugh is going back to michigan <laughs> that is the yeah. best news of the freaking day yeah yeah, and just uh, the one last thing on the defense things I, that I meant to mention earlier, I did when you were talking about Day's press conference here. I, I absolutely loved when Ryan Day said, "I'm pretty that this defense will probably look more like Oklahoma State's defense." That's to me, that is your head coach that said that he's hiring a head coach of the defense, and he's meaning that this is the head coach of the defense. That you know, this isn't like, "Hey, I want you to do what we did here." You know, yep. I really like this this high safety look that we ran, you're a better defensive coordinator. There's obviously going to be some high safety stuff in Jim Knowles defense. Cause he runs some of that stuff every now and then, but this is going to be his defense where he runs in and out of different coverages. He runs different types of blitzes and he has different types of pressures. He brings from his defense alignment. So, I mean, it will be a welcome change and I think it's a good change that, and it's uh, it's good to let a guy that, has experience doing it, make those changes. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And let's face the facts. I mean, Ryan Day took blame for making Kerry Combs do what Jeff Halfley did without actually taking the blame for it. So he said that Jeff came in, that was the defense that he liked to run. But, you know, he said that moving forward, his defensive coordinator is running their defense. That, you know, that he's going to let Knowles do his thing. It's not, he's not making Knowles be Pete Carroll like or or jeff halfley you know he's he's gonna let him do his thing and they're they're gonna be great because of it 
Yeah, exactly. All right, let's call it an evening. All right, well, everyone, thank you for stopping out tonight at the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. O-H-I-O.